0: One of the worst forms of addiction is addiction to approval. What do you think of me? Do I impress you enough? What's your opinion of me? If you think good of me, then I'll be happy. If you don't, uh, it's going to really bother me. I'll try to shade what I'm going to say to get you to nod, get you to be impressed, get you to go, wow, there is freedom from this that lies before us. And the simple avenue towards it is to learn to live in secret. We're studying together. The greatest talk ever given by the greatest teacher who ever taught Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And he says, what's insurmountable is not your problem, not your addiction to approval or whatever else you might be addicted to. It's the presence of God and his kingdom and his friendship and his love and his power, and it's here right now. And that means you can make this a golden rule day and live for something else. We're beginning to take a look now at the sixth chapter of Matthew. This is the second chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has been talking about, unless there's a basic goodness that's inside you, that surpasses that of uh, religious leaders back in that day, the scribes and the Pharisees, you can't live in the reality of the kingdom, in God's friendship and power and guidance. And and he starts this section off with uh, a little summary framework. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And then we'll go on to look at it. He gives three different examples around generosity and around praying and around fasting. But this is the overall framework. Now, this is kind of confusing sometimes to people because Jesus, in the last chapter, it said, let your light shine before everybody. Don't hide it under a bushel so that everybody can see all your good deeds. And now he's saying... Uh, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of other people. So is there a contradiction? No, 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 no. The point that he's making here is uh, not that it's wrong ever to do something that other people see. Don't do things in order to be seen by other people so that you are living to be fueled by their approval. So, um, this suggestion of the practice of secrecy is a practice that will be particularly important for those of us who wrestle with the need to improve other people. And I will do this. I will find this by things like when I'm with somebody, especially if I think they're important or I want them to like me, I will act more agreeable than I really am. I will be afraid to speak the truth as I actually see it. There'll be a just a chronic thread of self-promotion going on inside me. I'll be over-monitoring them to look at how are they responding to what I say and to what I do. I'll be kind of hyping or spinning or shading and, and lots of stuff that's much worse than that. So if you wrestle with that, then Jesus has given some advice for you. He says, don't practice your righteousness. Now, We've looked at this idea of that righteousness, is that basic thing that makes you a good person or not. And that with when religion goes bad, and it does inside all of us, then what often happens is we turn it into something that we do so that we will look good in front of other people. And this happened with the scribes and the Pharisees all the time so that their heart was off. One of the real important words we'll be looking at as we go through this chapter is the word hypocrite. And it means something quite different than you and I often think about. But uh, I, I will try to use uh, my devotional activities, my spiritual life, in order to look good in front of you, rather than to be living with a different kind of heart. Now, this is very important. Um, the Our vulnerability to living to... Impress other people goes beyond religion, and in our day, it's not just practicing our righteousness to be seen by other people. There's all kinds of ways that we get trapped by approval addiction. Um, how successful am I? I want you to know. How educated am I? How smart am I? How attractive am I? How talented and gifted am I? How athletic? Hey, I got a birdie on this hole. Did anybody here notice? Uh, and we can do all of those kind of things in order to be seen by other people. And, and then you get a kind of reward. People will applaud you. But what happens is you get increasingly indi- addicted. And, uh, that little burst of gratification that comes from, uh, experiencing approval from another person never lasts, never endures, cannot sustain a life. And Jesus' comment on this is, now, if you want to do that, if you want to try to live to impress other people and to gain approval, you can. But if you do that, um, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, these are real important words in the Sermon on the Mount. Father in heaven is a phrase that Jesus uses in particular here over and over and over. And it, it reminds us um, both of the intimate affection we can have. He's like, my Father... But then also, uh, his transcendent power and goodness, he is in heaven, in the heavens, all around me. Um, I knew there was somebody in the heavens that didn't know me, my father. Wanted to have a father, didn't know he was in the heavens. And then he gives a reward. Now, people sometimes get concerned about, uh, if I'm living for a reward, isn't that kind of superficial? So, I want to share this from C.S. Lewis's wonderful, wonderful essay, The Weight of Glory. He writes, If there lurks in most modern minds the notion that to desire our own good, earnestly hope for the enjoyment of it, is a bad thing, I submit this notion has crept in from Kant and the Stoics and is no part of Christian faith. Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, mistos is a word for reward that is used, I think is ten times by Matthew, uh, primarily in the Sermon on the Mount. It's over and over and over again. It would seem our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go out making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. And then this, and this is critical for what we're looking at in Matthew 6. We must not be troubled by unbelievers when they say this promise of reward makes the Christian life a mercenary affair. There are different kinds of rewards. There is the reward which has no natural connection with the things you do to earn it, quite foreign to the desires that ought to accompany those things. Money is not the natural reward of love. That's why we call a man mercenary if he marries a woman for the sake of her money. But marriage is the proper reward for a real lover, and he is not mercenary for desiring it. Or, for example, when it comes to learning, uh, uh, the the extrinsic reward for learning might be a grade, a high GPA, I can press other people with it. The intrinsic reward is that I gain knowledge, that I have the joy of discovery and of growth. So... The Bible uses lots of imagery for rewards, um, but they're always intrinsic rewards. They're always things that are naturally tied. Now, what's the reward for practicing secrecy? And the reward is freedom. I get to be a little bit freed from having to live under this stupid enslaving addiction. What do you think of me? Do you like me? and to be free of that because I know that my identity is the child of God, and God loves me, and God loves me no matter what you think of me. Oh, that's freedom. That's the reward that God gives. Now, if I'm doing something in front of other people and trying to impress them, then I get them to do this, and that's it. I used to think that what that meant was God had a little gold star, and if I get other people to be impressed, then he's not going to give me that gold star. No, 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 no. It is the intrinsic reward that comes along with spiritual growth and obedience. And that is the goodness of freedom. To be free, to be able to be confident and relaxed and to be able to love other people because I'm no longer living under the slavery of what do you think of me? I want that. I really want that. You want that too. I know you do. So we're going to explore this more. But for today, just think about where can you keep something a secret? I was reading about a man back in the 1930s uh, under a pseudonym. I think it was B. Verdeau, who put an ad in the Canton newspaper and tons of people wrote in who needed financial help. And so anonymously, he wrote checks. Nobody ever knew who it was. A couple of years ago, his grandson went through an attic and found a suitcase with all these letters written to B. Verdeau. It was his grandfather. Nobody ever knew as long as he lived. Just the joy of secret generosity. Read right about a single mom. Didn't drive. She had to uh, walk two little kids a mile to the grocery store. She'd take them in a little red wagon. She came home one day. there's was just a box of groceries in her yard. She didn't find out for years. It was a bank teller that knew a little bit about her life that just uh, did secret good for her. I could tell you about things that I have done that are secret good, but then I would lose my reward. So I will not do that. But you might just think today, What's one thing? Good thing that you could do. Good thing that you have accomplished. That instead of telling somebody else so that I get that little burst of gratification, isn't this something? Instead of getting the wow, uh, I'm able to keep it a secret and realize I have a Father in Heaven and He loves me and He wants great freedom for me. and He wants great freedom for you. So this is the beginning of the power of secrecy in a life of freedom. Make it a golden rule day.
1: You've been listening to Become New with John Orpert, where you can receive 10 minutes of daily teaching about the person you're becoming. If you like what you're hearing, you can head on over to our website, becomenew.com, where John has over 710-minute teachings on the person you're becoming, cataloged in 20 different series covering a range of topics you might be interested in. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each episode that include extra resources and discussion questions, you can let us know at becomenew.com/slash subscribe. Lastly, if you have a prayer request. There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray for listeners just like yourself. You can send your specific request to us at the number 855-888-0444. I'm glad you're here, and we'll catch you next time.